Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Back in April, we brought you the story of a plan to convert a library into a police station in the farming town of McFarland in the Central Valley. In response to widespread protest, Kern County recently expanded the library's hours. It's now open five days a week. I feel like we always have to struggle just to defend ourselves to exist. And I don't know why. And yet, the City Council of McFarland is doubling down, saying the police need the library building to meet the town's public safety needs. At the heart of this debate, what is the role of a library and who does it serve? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. Andy Sullivan's connection to Kern County goes way back. My family's been here for 100 years, but I was born um, in the Bay Area for the first eight years of my life I lived up there. But we were here all the time, so I felt like it was home anyway. (laughs) Growing up, she never thought she'd be a librarian. I was going to Cal State and I needed a job and someone said, oh, they're hiring at the library. I kind of laughed. That's not for me. I'm kind of loud. This is not going to work out well, but I'll apply and just see where it goes. <laughs> and so I applied and they they hired me as a shelver and being a shelver made me observe. And I really watched that exchange of knowledge between a library staff person and the public. And I I watched that power of, wow, you could really help and impact people's lives and directions and give them places to go or look or seek. And I just, I, I was just amazed by that. The farm town of McFarland in the San Joaquin Valley has had a library for over a hundred years. Early 1900s, I believe. And as most libraries did, um, especially in our county, they started out either in people's homes or in pharmacies or small stores or whatever it was. It was important for them to have a library. The current library in McFarland was built much more recently in the 1990s. And it was built with construction funds dedicated strictly for the construction of public libraries. It was exciting and it was a big deal. And the school district donated the land. Andy is now the director of libraries for all of Kern County. She knows how much the McFarland Library has meant to the community. I would love to keep it in its current location. It's built for that purpose. So when Andy heard that the city leaders of McFarland wanted to convert the library building into a police station, she was sad. I'm always sad if a public library isn't being used for what it's intended to be used for. So many people in McFarland wrote the county to say they wanted to keep the library in the same place. 3,000 people signed a petition. The county responded by opening it up five days a week, before it was only open two days a week. In fact, McFarland was the first library where the county decided to expand service this year. We were still reopening libraries that were closed because of COVID. So we're still trying to get our legs under us and become more stable, right? And so we figured that McFarland would be a great place to start that expansion. But the city leaders of McFarland are still asking the county to move the library so they can use the building as a new police station. Here's police chief and city manager Kenny Williams at a county board of supervisors meeting last month. We have far outgrown our police building, and we are in dire need of a larger structure to allow us to appropriately address the needs of public safety in our community. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. 
I'm Zadie Stabley. This week, what and who is a library for? You might wonder why we're even talking about a library on a podcast about education. But libraries have a long history of being places of education. In fact, they're often called the People's University. Since the McFarland branch of the Kern County Library opened up five days a week starting September 12th, it's seeing a lot more people, says Andy Sullivan. It's showing the foot traffic, the community, they're coming. It's about 200, 250 people a day. Fridays, there's like 400. Every Friday, it's between three and 400 people. And I was asking why, why Fridays? And they said Fridays, they get out in school early. And so they all come and hang out and do activities and do programming. On her most recent visit to the McFarland Library this week, my colleague Emma Gallegos saw kids doing arts and crafts, doing homework, hanging out, and yes, checking out books. There's two ice cream ice cream So, do you guys remember when it was only open two days a week? It was yeah. horrible. No, I did not yes, like that. No, it was not even fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was fun, but like it got boring because like yeah. they couldn't open it like every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what is it like now that it's open five it's days more, a week? It's more fun. It's more it's fun. More, fun more like activities. Like, like when you're tired, like you could just stay here for a while. And then you could do you guys? Um, do you, so do you ever have to like study here for a test? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Yes. No. Yes, we, yes, we do. Oh. <laughs> I didn't yes. say, do you like it? <laughs> like, we come here and then, like, if we don't finish our homework, like, that's what we come here and finish it. Do that. Okay. Emma has been following the saga in McFarland over what this building should be used for. She visited the library and reported on the protests from kids and adults in the community, calling for it to open more hours instead of closing and converting to a police station. And then she wrote about how the county listened to those calls and opened it up five days a week. There was a lot of, you know, kind of rejoicing and happiness around this and um, excitement in the community. Um, But then the city of McFarland, so this is as this plan is being rolled out, um, the leaders again come to the county board of supervisors and ask again, we would like to convert this library into um, the police headquarters. And so that last meeting that you wrote about where the city council basically announced that they are doubling down and they still want to convert the library into a police station, despite how many people are using it, it seemed really contentious. Can you kind of describe um, the meeting for our listeners? Yeah. So there was a very lengthy discussion. So the city leaders of McFarland came to the Board of Supervisors and they gave a presentation about why they thought that again, that this library should be converted. It should be noted that the same guy, Kenny Williams, is both the city manager and the chief of police. Yes. So he says that the current space for the police headquarters, which is part of City Hall, is too cramped. He said this is not a place that a modern police department can function. They can't do all of the jobs that need to be done. Um, And he said that in his view, there is no reason that a library should take precedence over police safety. So basically saying that public safety, you know, is more important than anything else going on in the city, including the library. So they should take precedent. Actually, the Kern County Taxpayers Association, which is very, very rare for them to do something like this, but they are really 
in favor of workforce development, and they see the library as key to that. Um, and so, you know, they came out and they said, this is a bad idea. They just said flat out, this is a bad idea. We need to be developing our workforce, particularly in a lot of these communities. And then what happened was the supervisor for this area that represents McFarland also started, I would say, grilling the head of the library about what the role of the library is. Um, Ms. Sullivan, I have a, I have a question. And it, his, his comments and that story sort of lead me to... Um... This is Kern County Supervisor David Couch. And the person Emma describes him as grilling is Andy Sullivan, who we heard from earlier. Uh, he also asked for the police chief and city manager of McFarland to give his testimony about what he saw in a library. And so then Kenny Williams came forward and said, yeah, um, this, you know, what was happening uh, is, and he, he attributed it to one of the employees there who said, this functions as a daycare. And so then there was a whole discussion about whether libraries function as daycare centers, which felt like a very loaded term. Yeah, that was a, um, a little shocking to hear that people would call a library daycare. Uh, I hadn't heard that before, so that was news to me. And Supervisor David Couch said, The core services of the library, I don't really know what they are, because I think they're, my view, they're too numerous. When Andy Sullivan heard that, uh, I, I do not think that the, our libraries are offering too many services. I think that we are doing a lot of good work with very little funding. And that, to me, is something to be celebrated and um, championed. And how can that be replicated elsewhere, especially in libraries that have great funding streams coming to them? We don't. So we're very scrappy and we're... Uh, feisty and we figure out ways to do things for free and we really don't take no for an answer. And I, I, I think that makes us really well ingrained in the communities that we serve because we are utilizing those around us to help carry out our functions. And part of our function is being that community hub. I say bring all those youngins in, get them in. It's I love having noise and kids and activities and seeing the parents come in afterwards. It's, but when it's a safe space and kids are kids, to me, that's success. That's when we're doing something well. The meeting was tense. At one point, Supervisor Couch actually brought up Andy Sullivan's annual performance evaluation. And he said the supervisors would discuss whether libraries were doing too much then. Chief Williams also compared the library today to how he remembers libraries being when he was a kid. Uh, in those Me days, too. a library was um, extremely quiet. It was a place to study, a uh, place to go in and read and those type of things. Um, and so I did. I wanted to visit and see what the library uh, in McFarland was like. And so when I visited, the school had just gotten out, and there was uh, probably 50, maybe 30 to 50 uh, kids from the school, uh, and it was extremely noisy. And Andy Sullivan responded. You know, she said at the time that, she believes that noise in a library is okay. That's a sign of collaborative learning. This is 21st century learning. Um, kids can talk in the library. They can um, work on group projects together, collaborate with each other. They can have fun, <laughs> you know? Well, I would hope that we would have changed since the 1950s or 60s. I wouldn't want my police to be the same as their 1950s policing or 1960s policing. So I'm okay with changing and evolving. Um, I think that's what we're tasked to do. And 
I feel that as a community hub, we're always testing the waters around us to see what is it that our communities need. I love the McFarland branch. I like the community uh, room that we have. Not all of our libraries have community rooms and they have a really nice one. And that's where we do our snacks in the stacks after um, school. And we connect it with learning opportunities and programming. So it's just a nice way to bring local families in and to have them feel comfortable in the library and become accustomed and be okay to ask for questions and ask for homework help or ask for direction. And, you know, it, it's the safe space. They're doing story times um, and crafts, anything to do with crafting or exploring your creativity. We have a whole section on our website that's a job seekers toolkit. So anybody in the county can ask any of our staff. They are well trained and well versed in uh, workforce development and connecting them to employers that are seeking positions. Emma, can you paint the picture for us? When you visited the McFarland Library, just describe again to us who uses the McFarland Library. Yeah, um, I would say, so I went after school and it is a place that a lot of kids go after school. Um, I spoke to some of the students about what they liked about the library and some of them said, I'm allowed to check out more books than I am at school. I talked to Jasmine Siciliano, a 12 year old and a regular at the library. I started using it around when I was six. My mom would take me to the library and we would get books and I would stay there and read or I would check out. And she said that actually the library helps her a lot with her schoolwork. Um, they have you know, a small row of computers and those are also really popular among the kids. They have computers there and people who can't take their computers home from school, they work on the computers and me, myself, I do my homework there sometimes. My friends, we kind of help each other when we have our homework. And we just, like, work there in a group until we're all done. It's, like, our hangout spot, I guess. That's, like, our safe space. Emma, it seems like there's kind of a misunderstanding or disagreement about what a library should offer. Is McFarland alone in this where they offer more than just books and quiet reading or do other libraries offer services like this too? Oh, yeah. No, this is absolutely the standard. This is how the modern library works. Um, and in terms of services, there's there's kind of been this argument both from city leaders and some public comment about how the point of libraries are just books, um, which is really out of step if you talk to just literally any librarian from anywhere. <laughs> That's, um, it's, it's not just about books. It's, it is about, you know, service to the community, providing information, verifying facts. Um, you know, and there's a, a lot of discussion about workforce development. Um, the federal government provides quite a bit of money for libraries all across the country on workforce development. I'd say that Kern County libraries provide, I would say, you know, many, many fewer services than a lot of a lot of libraries that I've been researching. So, you know, I went to Gilroy, a much smaller city, and, you know, the English language classes, um, they offer, I mean, they offer all sorts of things. They offer how to fix your bike. Um, they have a classroom that's just for adults who've never learned how to read. Um, the, the level and extent of services at Kern County is really, really small compared to many, many other libraries across the nation. Andy Sullivan studied library science at San Jose State, 
And she often looks to San Jose or San Francisco to see what they're doing in their libraries. Or Seattle or Salt Lake or Chicago or L.A., San Diego. It's those big cities that have um, good funding streams. I tend to see what kind of programs they do. And then I try to figure out a way for us to do something in some capacity in the same vein so that our residents, you know, can reap some of those benefits. A lot of early learning. I'm very passionate about the zero to five and getting our early learners, you know, ready for schools because those are the kids that are going to be in our local workforce in 15 or 20 years. And that matters. Emma, you also recently wrote a long article about the inequities among libraries and library funding statewide. Tell me a bit about what you found in that. Yeah, so I found that there are these just massive, massive disparities between the way that libraries are funded in California. And a big reason for that is that it's all locally funded. So it's up to local governments, whether that's the county, as is the case in Kern County, or a library district or a city. Um, it's completely up to them to fund, um, I would say over 95% of funding comes from these local governments. And so, um, you know, if, if a local government doesn't pony up the funds, there just could not be a community library. And that's the case, actually, in some parts of the state. Lassen County is one area. A lot of that county is not funded by any library whatsoever. Um, or, you know, as is the case in Kern County, um, you could see really poor funding of libraries and closures of branches. In some of these communities that are more impoverished communities, so the Central Valley, um, parts of inland California, and nor far northern California, um, you see really, really poor funding of libraries. And a lot of that is because, um, you know, governments don't have a lot of money. But there's another piece of it that's also um, the politics of funding libraries. And so also there are some areas that have much better funded libraries and a lot of times it's because there is a specific sales tax, parcel tax that is dedicated to that. Um, and I also want to go back to the history of Proposition 13. That plays a huge role in the way that libraries are funded um, in California. So when Proposition 13 passed, that decimated funds, particularly for county governments. And uh, you did see quite a few libraries shut down. And so just you know, for an example, in Kern County, we don't have any libraries that are open on weekends. We don't have any libraries that are open after 6 p.m. So for a lot of working families, it's, you know, really not possible to visit the library. Um, but if you go to better funded areas, they're going to be open longer hours. They're going to be open all days of the week. They'll be open evenings and they'll have many more services available when they are open. Um, the library facilities are a lot nicer. As a Gilroy, a much smaller town than Bakersfield, has this incredible, gleaming palace of a library, and you know, I'm I'm really happy for them. I did get a little emotional going there and seeing just how big these disparities were because we just don't have things like that in a lot of the Central Valley. And one more piece that I want to mention is that. The state doesn't provide very much funding. I think it's about 66 cents per Californian. And um, in other states that have better funded libraries, they like Ohio, there is this base level of funding that comes through the state. And so, you know, if you go to an area like 
um, Appalachian, Ohio, you're going to see better funded libraries than you would in kind of comparable areas in, um, in California. Are there any alternatives that people have come up with um, for the police station? Yes. So County Administrative Officer Ryan Alsap, um, he suggested that um, the police look into using mobile units because they said that this is a very urgent matter. They need to expand quickly. And he said that mobile units would be the best way to do that. And in the meantime, they could apply for funds, uh, let's see, low interest loans, grants, other other sources of funding to build a more permanent building for the, the police station. So I would say the administrative kind of arm of the county versus the elected officials have been really in favor of keeping this library as it is. Um, they say that it, it is important for the city, for the county, you know, for for literacy rates, for workforce development. The phrase he uses, he doesn't want to see the police cannibalize this library. So one other thing that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, this idea that public safety comes first over library services. You know, it makes me wonder because in one of your stories, you talked about the fact of, you know, a, a small community not having a library, that that might have played into the fact that there was more violence in the community, just because, like, there wasn't a place for young people to hang out. Yeah. Um, and I will add that when I went to the McFarland Library, some of those young patrons, um, regular patrons, they told me explicitly this is safety for us. The library is safety. It's a place where we can go and we can feel safe in the in the city. You know, it's a small town. There's not a lot to do. There's, there's not a lot to do for young people. I, I also went to the town of Planada in Merced County. And, you know, this is a, a town that struggled recently. I'd say, I think they said in the last decade or so with a lot of gang violence. And so, the the town has been working to provide more um, avenues and places for, um, especially for young people to kind of just hang out and do something positive. But they have not had a library since 2014. So, you know, a, a library is also a place where people people can go, they can hang out, they learn. Um, you know, they can, there's pleasure reading, there's, you can check out DVDs. I mean, there's all sorts of entertainment, positive things. People are making the case that, um, you know, when you're talking about public safety and public safety needs to be first, that in fact, public libraries do provide public safety. They do provide, um, yeah, safe places. Andy Sullivan says she doesn't know why some people seem not to value the library. I feel like we always have to struggle just to defend ourselves to exist. And I don't know why. And I sit back and like they have no idea what it's like to not be <laughs> funded. <laughs> if I only had a quarter of what they had. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why we have to struggle all the time and, and fight for our existence. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat getting to the heart of California schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Emma's stories at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Andy Sullivan and Emma Gallegos. 
and to the kids at the McFarland Library. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the S.H. Cowell Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.